Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield on what is turning out to be a very snowy type of Tuesday across the Nebraska and really across the Midwest as the storm moves eastward. Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. Now we'll talk a little bit of uh, weather impact coming up, maybe not as much locally, but globally. But let's look at this lower numbers. Obviously, corn and soybeans today took another dip. What are your thoughts as you look at what these markets are doing? You know, and the best way I can kind of describe it is we're, we're in this, this awkward time of the year. And, and it's a time I'm so thankful. And with Thanksgiving come up, we really just got to make sure we, you know, thank God for everything that he's done for us and take time to thank everybody around us that's, that's blessed us uh, in a way. And it's, I always love this time of year, Susan. But as we look at the markets, we get into this time of year. And if you're looking at just purely the seasonals, the seasonals will tell us we should start gaining some strength in here. But this year's a little different, and it's hard because looming over this market, we've got the Chinese trade talks, and we'll talk more about that as we get into this. But then on top of that, we've also got the fact that the funds are sitting here short. And with the move we've had in the markets this week, we've got them short corn. We've also have them short beans also. And as a result, that makes it really hard for anybody to really get very sided to buy this market. And I think a lot of that comes from that uncertainty coming out of the Chinese trade talks and not knowing what exactly is going to happen there and then you've got just the weather and the snow that's coming across and and that's going to have an impact in in certain areas and and as a result it just kind of puts some pressure on this market right now susan well you you look at what's happening uh, globally which we'll dive more into but this harvest pace that we're seeing usda last week saying well we're going to keep doing crop progress reports for a while out there yet now we got the snow moving in everywhere but believe it or not the dakota north dakota how is right. that going to impact the markets? Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's probably given us some support. It, it's not going to be enough for us to bounce because I think when you put a pencil to it, it really says that 84% um, harvested uh, compared to 96% on the five-year average, and we were about 93% last year. That should leave a little over 2 billion bushels of corn out to go, which the states that stand out, though, would be North Dakota. They're only 30% harvested. Uh, South Dakota sitting at 68% harvested, Wisconsin about 57% harvested. Um, you know, those are the ones that kind of stand out to us. And the concern in those areas is as you bring the snow in, we know there's going to be additional harvest loss, but the market still isn't getting concerned enough about it. I think it's given us a little bit of support, but the market just really isn't concerned because they're going, you know, we're not going to lose all those bushels we're going to lose a portion of them in in places but we're not going to lose all of them it's just not enough to get the market fired up so will the market get fired up in regards to china and if or if not we get this trade deal done you know i i think it can give us a bounce um but i don't think it's actually unfortunately susan going to be enough to give us a sustained move but i i think it can give us a bounce and i think that will be a bounce that we'll have to look at selling but, uh, you know, we're going to need a little bit more than that to kind of help this market along. Looking at this trade deal, though, we've got that next round of tariffs coming up on December 15th. How much pressure is that going to put in? You know, I, I think what it is, it, it kind of is putting in a natural. And if you kind of think back of how these Chinese trade talks have worked, anytime we've got one of these tariff deadlines coming up to there's kind of a natural incentive by both parties to try to come together with something i think the best we can kind of hope for would be the fact they're going to say they're going to continue talking and there's enough progress being made with the talk that they could go ahead and delay those december 15th i think that's the best we can hope for i don't think we're going to get far enough to get a, a deal done you know as a matter of fact this week um 
China had laid out the offer for the U.S. to go ahead for Lighthizer and Mnuchin to go ahead and travel over to China and talk about this, but but they didn't go, and the main reason was they didn't know that there'd be enough discussion about those important points, which is which is that intellectual property and that you know theft of that. And as a result, though, what was interesting to see is China did announce some some you know harder. At least they're talking about some harder. Um, possible legislation in that area that's going to get rolled out but the only problem is that isn't going to be fully implemented to 2022 so i think a lot of the people on the trade side are looking at and saying yeah but is that going to be just more of what we always see some empty promises that they make so i i think i think the best thing we could hope for susan is the fact that we're going to end up agreeing to continue the discussion and that might be enough to hold off those tariffs that are supposed to go in place on the 15th very much frustration from all aspects and when you look at the livestock and grain producers been sitting here for months upon months hoping for something to happen yeah you're exactly right very much so so looking at a, a meeting that took place here a couple of weeks ago what have you heard about BRICS and brazil well you know we haven't heard a lot about that in a while and you know and we just need to kind of re- refresh our memory on that uh, anytime we talk about the BRICS, it'd be brazil russia india china and south africa and actually brazil hosted that meeting that's a meeting that moves around to the different countries that host it and that was a couple weeks ago there was a couple things though i think that came out of that that's noteworthy um one of them was in regard to brazil and china working together they agreed on an action plan uh for the years of uh, 2019 through 2023 to invest more in brazil and china says it has about a hundred billion dollars in five different investment funds that it can invest in particular in brazilian in mostly the infrastructure side and so that's a big deal I, and i think that's being pushed along these trade talks because what we've got is we've got china wanting to try to secure even more um, areas in which it can source goods it's also if you think about the belt and road initiative it's looking for different areas out there in which it can go ahead and sell its goods all across the world the other thing that we've seen is that china recently did announce that they're going to invest one billion dollars in an export terminal in sao Luis in northeast brazil and uh, we'll talk more about that in the in the second segment susan well, i was just going to say stick around folks we do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the fontanelle final bell we'll look at what's happening in south america with their weather and no surprise where we're at when it comes to demand for corn been kind of quiet and i wanted to also find out a listener wondering about exports would we see any excitement before year's end more is coming up it's the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network welcome back to the fontanelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield jeff peterson joins us again with heartland farm partners we kind of left off talking about bricks and i know there was some more things that you wanted to talk about in regards to what this all means to agriculture yeah, and the, the thing with the announcement uh, coming out of China in the export terminal in São Luis in northeast Brazil is that that's a kind of a new area. We're seeing more goods start getting um, shipped out of that area. Uh, one of the main reasons is that that port is serviced by what they call it North South Railroad, and that's important for a couple reasons. It's it's pulling not only grain from kind of north central Brazil, an area that continues to grow, which includes parts of Mato Grosso. But it also does bring some iron ore from some of those mines further south. So that's that's going to be more and more of an important terminal. So I think that's why they're putting money into that. And the other thing that we're hearing, though, is that the 
the China Communications Construction Company, and this would be a state-operated enterprise of China, it's partnering with some Brazilian construction companies to work on two additional rail projects. One is to expand the rail network in Paraná, and the other one is to possibly start working more on another railroad link that goes out of the Mato Grosso, which would be our high production area on corn and beans, very important region within Brazil, and taking that and extending that railroad on up to some of the ports on the Amazon River. And that's actually been a construction project or rail project that's never been able to quite get the funding to get completed, but it looks like at least there's proposals. We'll see whether this is, this follows through coming out of that, that China may get involved and help finish uh, that project off also. Which definitely makes it for some interesting times as we look what's happening globally and we sit here waiting for trade deals to happen. It, it really does because it, it's... It, we know the advantage that we've had here in the U.S. has been the fact that our infrastructure has gave us an advantage or an edge compared to uh, South America. And, and now it looks like, you know, with uh, China's help, Brazil's continuing to move forward in that area. Well, we did get a question that came um, here during the one o'clock hour from a, a listener that's wondering, as we wrap up this final quarter of 2019, is there the possibility of any sort of trade export opportunity? Maybe not as coming their way is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And, you know, the thing, and the best way for us to look at that is let's kind of take a look at where we're currently setting on on corn and, and on the export side. And we take a look at what we've shipped and what we've got on the books to ship, and we compare it to a year ago, we're down about 45.4%. And, and a lot of that has really came, the reason for that on the corn side has really came from the fact that our basis levels have been very high here in the U.S., and as a result of that, it's made it so we have not been as competitive. They also had, you know, ample stocks to export coming out of Brazil and Argentina and also out of the Ukraine. And there's also been some uncertainty coming out of Argentina in regard to what they're going to do on their taxes. And, and some people have said, well, are they going to reinstitute some more export taxes? And so as a result, uh, the shippers and, and the grain traders in Argentina have been kind of in a hurry to get stocks sent out. Um, I am of the opinion, I think, as we go forward, I, I do think we'll see some weakening basis that's going to take out after the first of the year. Um, I don't think it happens here in the near term, and I think that can actually go ahead and, and open it up so that we could have some additional exports down the road, especially as we start seeing basically our export values at the Gulf and also compared to your different ports in Argentina and Brazil, we're getting to a point where we'll be more competitive. So I think if it doesn't start picking up in this, you know, the fourth quarter of this year, we'll start seeing some better numbers coming out of the first quarter of next year, Susan. Looking at um, the, that demand for corn, uh, where are we sitting for ethanol? Yeah, on the ethanol side, right now we're down about 4.5% compared to a year ago. And basically USDA in their last numbers in the November WASDE said we we're going to be unchanged. So we do need to see that pace pick up. It's a little bit concerning because margins aren't great right now. The ethanol plants are having to pay up here in the nearby because corn isn't moving and harvest has been so slow. But one positive note there, though, is that when we look at the ethanol stocks, though, we're down about 10% compared to a year ago. So that's that kind of helps kind of prop up and bring up the, the ethanol prices a little. Are we going to see any excitement demand for soybeans? I'm on the demand side of beans, actually, what's kind of nice there is that we're we're at 5.1% ahead of last year when we consider where we're at on current shipments and also the sales on the book. So that's a number, and it, and it actually feels like right now is we start hearing maybe some increases on the hog herd coming out of, you know, China that I, I think we may actually have to see, 
USDA and future WASDE reports actually raise the export numbers for soybeans, which is kind of ironic when you sit back and think about it. So where do you think we're going we're gonna to go as we hit this last week of, two, of November 19? Yeah, I think I think we're setting in a period in here, um, unless we can get something coming on the Chinese trade talks to get us a balance, I think we're going to erode this market a little bit lower yet. We broke some key support levels over there on the bean side. Corn's struggling to get gain some traction here yet. I'm optimistic in the markets down the road, but I think it's going to take a little bit more time yet to find that bottom. All right, sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And thanks so much. Jeff Peterson's been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's been the Fontenelle Final Bell. You can find this at ruralradio.com as a podcast or wherever you subscribe. And thanks to Fontenelle and all the local dealers. The Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.